is up, guys? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning podcast. Really excited this evening. Uh, we got Logan and we have Rod Ludwig with us from Midwest Whitetail. Really, uh, really cool story, actually. Rye uh, grew up in the same town that I grew up in, which we never have crossed paths. Uh, totally random, but uh, he is a great guy. I've kept up with him. Um, you know, both of us being, he films for uh, for Mike from Midwest Whitetail. Um, and I'm sorry, right now I'm kind of like, can't think of Mike's last name offhand. Reed. Mike Reed, that's it. And um, sorry. yeah, dumbass. <laughs> and uh and anyway uh man i'm i'm stoked to do this uh you know this is going to be a fun one rise a great guy uh he does a lot of mobile stuff and i think there's a, a lot of great information we're going to get into tonight but uh how are you doing brother what's going on not too bad man just living the dream yeah can't complain he is how about you logan that, how are you tonight that's i think you're one of the only people i've ever heard say that that actually meant it <laughs> and uh yeah i mean i, I do i get to live it every day it's pretty incredible yeah, honestly that's, so that's awesome and and that i i want to talk to you about that um here tonight is is how your mentality on on making the move and committing to that dream and making it happen um it's awesome and we're all jealous of it um <laughs> and but anyways i mean i'm I'm good. Uh, unfortunately, our season ended on Monday, um, and I did not did not fill my tags this year. Um, so that just means they'll be bigger next year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's in like that that postseason depression right now, um, but we're we're getting past it. I, I've got a lot of plans in the works, um, and we're going to do some podcasts and stuff talking about that. But I think moving forward like things are going to be different um i'm excited about it i'm excited to to have friends and uh make new friends like you and uh learn and grow so if you're not trying to learn and grow you ain't doing nothing right that's right exactly i love it man uh we're gonna get into a lot of mindset stuff i you know i really want to kind of pick your brain and uh we'll have some fun and uh figure out some of these you know, filming techniques and stuff. Cause, uh, we were talking for a little bit before we started recording on this. And, uh, I was like, man, guys, we got to actually record this podcast because I feel like we're just gonna, <laughs> we're going to BS for another hour and not get anything actually all these topics covered. But right. Why don't you give us a breakdown? Um, give us a little explanation of yourself, you know, um, how you got with Midwest whitetail. Um, and you know, what, what kind of drove you to move from Maryland to Iowa? Well, I started uh, back in 2020, my friend Kyle Lawrence and I, we submitted to an application to be part of the regional staff for uh, Midwest Whitetail. So we have about 150 members across the country in various states that go out, film their hunts, and they're produced every week throughout the hunting season on our Midwest Whitetail regional platform. <clears throat> and uh, that's how I started, I guess it was about a week before the season in September, when uh, we got our email from Josh saying, hey, you guys are in. We had a Zoom call and got acquainted really quick. And um, that's how it all started. So I actually, uh, the first hunt of that season, the first day going out with camera, I missed my target buck. And uh, thankfully was able to arrow him seven days later out of the same tree stand. So that was a, that was a good start to my Midwest whitetail career. So, and uh, on top of that, that my first hunt with Midwest whitetail may chasing November. Now it wasn't the best filmed hunt, but it was early and it was a lack of kills early. So no, I was, got shuffled it was in awesome. there to episode one with, uh, yeah. it, it was pretty cool. So, yeah. and it was a great um, year for Maryland where we came from, man. That was a stud. I mean, yeah, that means a seven year old. Like I, I yeah. hunted him for three years and that, I mean that he actually got a little smaller from six to seven, but. He, uh, he had some kind of injury on him, a really big, like, abscess on this uh, side. He showed up in January with it and then had it until March, and he finally showed up one day with it popped. I thought he was going to die, to be honest with you, but never found his sheds. I tore that bottom apart looking for him, and deer lives in, like, a 20-yard block, and I couldn't find his sheds. So frustrating. Sorry, so, you killed him. You don't he, need a shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's actually in the corner over here, but... Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a great deer. He was my biggest deer at the time. 
I shot one that probably would have been a little bigger, probably a couple inches bigger, but he uh, had some, I don't know, 15, 16 inches broken off at the time. So that was back in 2016, and I had no idea what that deer was. He just showed up, and I shot him. So That's awesome, that was a good man. one. This one had a neat story, though, so he's uh, pretty special to me. I've shot now two deer in Iowa, and uh, actually my wife got her first deer this year in Iowa. That was pretty cool. So yeah, that was, that was pretty that. awesome. We'll get to that later. But – uh. Yeah, so uh, go through hunting season, film the hunts, have a, some shooter encounters throughout the year after I shot Teddy and uh, started talking to a couple of the guys that worked out here knowing the internship was coming up. And just kind of like, I was, at first I was just thinking like, yeah, I want to hear about it. Like, it'd be cool to think about. And then yeah. uh, I was sitting, uh, I talked to my wife about it a little bit and I was sitting uh, doing snow removal. I was running uh, one of the Howard County shops, running contractors and whatnot, sitting there at my desk. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm just going to apply. I'm going to send it in. Like, I'm prob- I'll am i probably get an interview, but I'm probably not going to get selected. So I apply. I start talking to the guys because they, they know me a little bit. I, not being an outside intern, just getting some inside information about, like, what the process entails. And I do an interview and, I mean, nailed it, apparently. And, uh, started talking to my wife and was yeah. like how are we going to do this so yeah obviously uh being in the position i was i mean i had been working for the state government for seven eight years at that point had moved up pretty well and uh, had a pretty good career going for myself so uh, a lot of people who like try to make changes like this they're in this like a limbo kind of deal it was not the case for me <laughs> like i was set up pretty well and uh, thankfully for covid Abby got a travel nursing job that could cover both of our salaries. So it, uh, it helped out a lot once, uh, decided to come out here. So, and we could, it's, it's hard. One of the things that, uh, you said, Logan, about like getting into how I chased my dream, like how I got to that point. Like, I don't know. This was like, it was just a rolling of events that got me there. Like it was just, a. I wish I could describe it better than that. Like, obviously, I obviously making the choice to come out here was difficult. Like, I mean, you're leaving your family. We owned a house, like the jobs, and it was it was an easy decision, though. <laughs> like, right. It, once I once you get accepted, you're like, how am I going to make this work? It's not like. Right. Can we make this work? How are we going to make it work? I mean, do we have to live in a freaking sewer drain? I don't know. Like, we got to figure something out. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, really, that's, I mean, that, that's something that I don't think most people understand is to make changes like that. It's really, it's not that difficult. Like, you were set up, you were living, you know, a nice cush, like blue collar job. Pro- like, you could have, retired from that job I'm sure and you know spent the rest of your career doing whatever and you could have been fine with that but you weren't that's not what you wanted to do you had no, bigger man. dreams life's and, for living man I, I yeah. love that that quote honestly like that, yeah, that was one quote. of the things that and you know I was going to ask you if you had like that hell with this moment because man like doing HVAC, like for me, I had, I was in the same kind of situation and I I just said to myself, I'm like, this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, you know, you hear all these old timers like, oh yeah, man, well, you know, you, you do this for another 15 years, (laughs) you're going to be set, you're going to be making all this money. Oh, where else can you go make this kind of cash? It's like, dude, you're miserable as fuck. Like, let's just be honest. (laughs) Like you hate your job. You hate your life. You hate waking up at 4 a.m. And sitting in traffic for four to five hours a day. Like, dude, oh, let, let's, yeah, let's get on that just for one second. The traffic where we came from is absolutely terrible. If is. you know, it you sucks. know, I'll leave it at that. But, I mean, that was part of my thing. I'm like, hell with this. I don't want to raise my family in this area and because there's no escaping it. You know what I mean? It's only going to get worse. It is true. I cannot yeah. argue that. <laughs> it's, uh... You don't have that I, in Iowa, I, I guarantee it. Dude, you'd be surprised, man. So uh, really? I live... I live Tractors well, and no, stuff. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, around my house, it's horse and buggies, but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm not joking. It's I, The town I live in is called Amish. Okay. So um, There's a bunch I'm of Amish about, around here, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I uh, I live about 30 minutes south of Iowa City. I would say Iowa City is probably like the second largest city out here. And uh, I wouldn't say the traffic is bad around Iowa City, but if you go through it, I mean, there's it's it's a it's a city. Right. Um, it's not what we do would describe as a city on the East Coast, but it's still a city. So I got you. It's but that that is out here. Um, I what Logan, what you kind of said about having a, a an all hell moment. I'm doing this. I don't think I ever had that. I was I was content with where I was. I had a good situation. I worked with great people, and I was happy. But this was an opportunity. It's like, man, if I got a chance, you got to try it. Because I mean, I. If I would have failed out here, I mean, I had a job back there, but generally, exactly. I'm not I'm not trying to be conceited when I say this, but when I set my goal on something, I pretty try to achieve it. Like, um, like I'm sure you guys are per, pretty much the same in that, you know? Yeah, I was going to agree with that. I feel like it's a it's a personality trait, man. Like some people get it and some people don't, but yeah, I don't know. I told I tell Logan this all the time. I'm like, man, if I write something down, I'll get that shit done. But if I like talk about it it sometimes it just doesn't happen and like i'm a very visual like list goal like all right here's my goal how am i gonna get there and uh, that's what that's what i did when i moved out here i was like all right well what am i gonna do and then i don't know everything completely changed i mean for you oh, when, when you moved um you know like this is like a job opportunity right i mean you're you're making a salary doing what you're yeah, doing. yeah i'm employed now right. i started as an intern and i got a job out of it okay. um i actually yeah, we can get in kind of the, we can get in the weeds on that if you want. So technically, I'm like employed by two people. Okay. So half the year, I'm employed by 41 North Media, which is the company that owns Midwest Whitetail, does all the Midwest Whitetail production. So, and my responsibilities for them is like Mike Reed's content, any kind of uh, filming for Mike, any kind of editing, as well as various other things. But I mean, that's just kind of stuff that comes up that needs to be done as it needs to be done. But and then the other half of the year, I work on Mike's farms directly for Mike. So, like, doing all the food plots, anything that needs to be done, really. Oh, so. you lucky bastard. I know. I know. <laughs> so, like, that, that deer I shot on Mike's farm, I earned it. Like, I earned it. Oh, I'm sure so, you did, yeah. Now, the one the year before, it didn't feel so much like I earned that one. That was a – didn't work on the farms that much that year as an intern. But I'm, like, picking my brain. I'm like, hey, Rye, you want to make a trip to Kentucky and help me put some food plots in my house? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we might work it out. You find me, you find me a six-year-old one twenty. I'll come take care of. Oh, you. dude, yeah, we, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say that, man. I, uh, if you really want a, a rap sheet of my year this year, I only had like maybe three deer in front of me at twenty yards that were over one twenty. So, oh, really rough for you? It was really rough. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think I was doing anything like really wrong, but it just I struggled so hard. Just to find a shooter. Um, I mean, it is what, what do you, it is. Do but... you think there's a like a translation to that? Like the year before last, did you have a lot of deer that you were looking to catch up with? Or um, did you see less up-and-comers the year before? I, dude, it's like the same thing every year. Like we have so many solid three-year-old bucks, uh, you know. And I've kind of upped my bar a little bit, you know, as we've pro- mm-hmm. as I've progressed. I mean, so I was kind of looking for something at least like, you know, in the high – 140s 150s 160s i mean i i wanted something decent yeah. and you know you think about kentucky and it's like oh well that that shouldn't be hard like people kill booners like all the time well they're not around every corner here i mean they're here don't get me wrong like there's 200 i was literally on a 230 inch deer like which is insane i might never do that again but you know they do live here i mean yeah people People have, like, this misconception about Iowa. I was one of those people before I moved here that, like, booners are behind every bush. It, yeah. It doesn't work like that in case you guys were wondering. No, I so. think it's great because, I mean, <laughs> it, it is. It was a huge misconception for me. I mean, you know, you talk to some older hunters that have been here their whole life, and they're like, well, man, I think I've only, like, seen, like, so many Boone and Crockett deer, you know, like, uh, okay. It takes a lot but, to get there to 170, man. Yeah, no kidding. I'm happy with shooting 150s and 160s. I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, I'm still hey. in the 140 range myself. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, you're I'm ha- you're hanging with the right people. Let's let's switch over to this. What I want to know, like, what is a, what was it like going from like your mindset and like you hunting in Maryland, and then when you had moved like to Iowa and you're hanging around Mike and you're hanging around, <laughs> you know, these like more top tier guys, like 
did you completely change your your way of hunting um for yourself i mean um so that's that's the tricky part so mike he uh mike is one of the most persistent and just relentless hunters that i know okay so i have never met anybody with that kind of tenacity towards deer hunting and it's truly uh I've learned so much from him. To say that my hunting style has changed, I don't know. So obviously with Mike being so relentless and hunting as much as he can, with my primary responsibility being Mike. camera, yeah, yeah. I'm with him, man. So it's like whether whether or not, like, I probably don't notice my style has changed because I don't hunt that much, but Mm -hmm. I guarantee you it has because I view everything differently, man. It's like, it's, there's little things like we, obviously we hunted that deer Kelsey really hard this year. Like, and he, there was a lot of uh, things that made him hard to target. Really the area that he was living is probably a 200 acre block that he was kind of like, I wouldn't say cored up in because he did range out of it a little bit. That's where we got the general most encounters and most pictures of him. And uh, there's, it's, it's river bottom ground. So it's all flat. There's not much to pinch. There's a couple little spots where you can kind of have some luck if he's in there, but it's, it's, it's not easy to hunt. Like there's a ton of times we're having encounters with him, but to get him in the bow range on some kind of pinch or like, it's all luck. I mean, we had him within 50 yards, like that 40 to 60 yard range, I think five times this year. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, most there was every time it was just like he was a little bit too far. The situation wasn't perfect to get that shot off. Like nothing you can do. The one time he just he comes to the food plot, wraps in the bottom side. We've got four does under stand at twenty yards. There's a doe a hundred yards back in the woods, and that's the one he goes and chases. Like it's just one of them yeah. things. Yeah, he he picked us off once in the afternoon. That was yeah, that was not good. So so in that situation. In that situation, are you guys moving the stands at all, or are you sitting in the same stands, or so how does that work? This year in Iowa, we had a lot of uh, east and south winds, so most of our sets are not – like, we, we don't have – on that farm specifically, there is not great places to get after where you need to be with these deer on east and southeast winds, south southwest, any of those. But, like, southwest, we could cut a couple spots, but you're still – it's like you're playing with fire, so – a lot of uh, variable winds, a lot of switching winds. There's a lot of things that made this year kind of tough to like pinpoint and get in on them. Like, uh, but with that, we were mobile some. I think we did probably one, two, three, three hanging hunts along the river. Uh, this year is like uh, Mike has a place that's not too far from there uh, where we stay when we're hunting that farm. And a lot of times in the morning, after a morning hunt, we'd run, hang a stand real quick for the next morning instead of doing a hanging hunt in the dark. Right. Um, just because it's something we did this time is just trying to minimize getting in there. If we had a bad wind and we had to go hang and hunt, let's go hang the stand now while, while, while the wind's blowing back in there. Get it in, get it out. And then when the wind's good, we just slip in the tree stand and call it a day. So it's uh, last year was a very different year as far as like the mobile aspect of it. So uh, there's a lot more permanent stands on that farm. We probably put in seven permanent sets on that farm. Uh, Mike purchased the farm three years ago. So last year we hunted it a little bit. We got to learn it a little bit. There's a couple spots. It's like, yeah, this is a spot we need to stand. It's going to be permanent. Like, it's the spot it needs to be. So now last year with Chubbs during my intern year, that was completely different. Like, we in, we hunted that deer. It was like 29 days. Uh, I want to say it was 18 different stand locations. So in one of one of them was a permanent set so i mean wow. yeah. it just it's a uh, it just varies on the deer man like that deer right. he just stayed in that 200 area and it's there's a large thick piece of cover in the middle no trees for hanging like i mean we're talking like little cottonwoods like this and it's just a large chunk and then the fringes along the river where the trees are is like where you can hunt him like we pulled a blind in the middle of it and i mean Never had a reason to go hunt it. We just put it there for another wind direction. We might be able to hunt, but it was just, it was, it was I want to try to, I want to get into like some of that with like you guys and your access. Um, I mean, yeah. 
for it being near that river bottom, were you guys using the water a ton to get in there? Or, I mean, can you get no. into some of that? No. no, so that's that's the thing. This year it was so dry. So okay. uh, really what happened this year that made our access great was a lot. There's a lot of sloughs and drainages through that property from the old riverbeds and washouts and stuff like that. So all these sloughs are dry. So we would just jump down those sloughs and kind of get into stands like and and when obviously when mike's hanging a stand he's thinking all right how do i access this mike is one of the smartest people at access as well i mean he sets his stands up where i mean you're coming out of the slough walking 20 yards maximum hopping in the tree stand like you're minimizing what you can do the other thing that's really advantageous about that farm there's a lot of low understory so a lot of that canary native grass low willow trees so the ground level is there's a visual barrier so once you get up you see everything as a deer on the ground that makes calling so awesome on that farm because they just can't see they have to come look and we all know how those mature deer are like they need to come look they have that internal drive it's like gosh i wonder what's over there yeah so that that's neat um i i mean in the past mike has used the water but this like we we personally have never done that together so i got you yeah i mean i i'm you know i'm kind of familiar with the play which is like wild you know to say that it's, it's like you know it i really is. enjoy watching you guys and it's even cooler now like knowing you you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's like oh hey dude good job on that uh on the video footage on that that was badass <laughs> and no, i mean no, i appreciate that yeah and i think a lot of guys that are listening to this might like you know like we're typical like you know self filmers we have minimal equipment like dude you said you mentioned earlier before we started recording this like what is your actual weight like you said maybe around 40 pounds in a backpack I, i'm probably a little light on that i would say it's probably over 50 but i say 35 to 40 so i'm not like overshooting you're a big guy you know so, you don't have to i know I, I, six three, <laughs> i mean what's 40 more pounds so <laughs> what uh what what do you guys i mean when you're doing that i mean is are you carrying a stand too plus i mean i imagine this pack is like pretty enormous right yeah it's a it's just a big it's a black camera bag right like mm-hmm. it's it's just meant to keep stuff safe and we're actually we're actually looking at like other camera bag options and possibly like working with somebody maybe to develop something because there's not really anything out there that's great for people carrying camera equipment to a stand Right. It's uh something that's like a minimal market right now. So Yeah. Um it's also like we talked about earlier with certain things, it's a niche market. Like you're only select people are gonna buy that bag. But right. um we always no matter where we're hunting, unless like we decide to hunt the stand two days in a row, we're always carrying at least one stand in with us. So a lot of times we'll have a stand like our permanent sets will leave one stand and then hang the cameraman off the back. And Mike, it takes I don't know if how you how long does it take you guys to throw up your setups? Seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, seven like minutes, probably, like, yeah, yeah, around there with the camera arm Mike, and my yeah. camera Mike's, set up, like yeah, ready to so hunt. You guys are right there with him, like, yeah, it's pretty crazy to like watch him. He'll throw two sticks and stands up, and I'm like, all right, that was now I couldn't do it with two, minutes. I couldn't like, set up two stands that quick, but I mean, and for me being a saddle guy, I think I have an advantage to be faster. I mean. If I'm just trying to be like fast and Probably, smooth, yeah, I would. you know, it's like I'm just doing sticks, platform, camera arm, and I'm done. And like I was kind of explaining to you like that the Lone Wolf camera arm we got is actually pretty awesome for self-filming, dude. You just – you put a cam strap around the tree, and then you just tighten this knob, and it pitches pitches the camera arm off of the tree. And you're good to go. And you just That's hook your good. camera in. So, yeah. yeah but I, I know I your, your camera's – just because yeah. of the heavier setup. Yeah, for sure. And I've run them too. And I, I mean, w- let's see. I wanted to ask you this. This is kind of cool. Um, For your strap, I hated my strap on the muddy. Like, have you guys modded that? The cam buckle? Yeah. Like the cam. Like, I love that thing. The ratchet strap? Do you have the ratchet one? No. So mine's not a ratchet. It's a cam okay. buckle. So you pull okay. it tight yeah. and then it just pulls tight over top of it. Now, like, I mean, you got to oh, okay. oil it every once in a while, but. Okay. No, the ratchet strap I do not have. I no. have a cam buckle. That's what I, I had. I would not I like a ratchet strap. Thing. Yeah, no kidding. I, uh, I, I, I had a feeling. Like, okay. I, I, I don't know if the new ones have ratchet straps or not. I don't have a new one. I have an old one. So I need the new one. But Yeah. I'm sure they're my, uh, the, the The prongs on those things, like, I mean, just from being used over time and, like, thrown around, beat up in the truck, they're like, they'll bend and then bend them back. Yeah. <laughs> just, 
know, a little yeah. air and tear don't hurt. Do you do you guys keep up with your sits? Like how many sits you guys do? Are you like keeping tabs on all that stuff? Uh, yeah. Uh, so actually, I think this year we were a little light. Um, I have it in every blog I do. So should be forty five sits this year. No, okay. forty six because my last day of the year. So and forty seven between... including. Good. I was gonna say, is that between the two of you for both your deer? Or is that just for? Mike's deer. I hunted. I hunted two times for myself this year. <laughs> okay. So and so it's it's forty five with me and Mike, or whatever. It was forty six was the last day of the year. Uh, Mike and I went, or not Mike and I, Gavin and I went and uh, hunted one of Mike's southern farms that hadn't been hunted that year. And then forty seven was the one day I went with Abby. Oh, you know what? It's forty eight because I went with uh I went with Abby and Casey one day too. So forty eight for me. Um. Yeah, Abby and I, we went out one time. She she bow hunts a little bit. Like she uh, she killed one buck with a bow. First year, first year ever, double drop. Like awesome, you know whatever. That's <laughs> what? cool. I, yeah, yeah. Right, no, no big deal. Yeah, so um, she uh, we went out one time this year, and uh, I I just climbed this janky ladder stand next to her. And, <laughs> I mean, it's windy as all get out. We were in there like twenty minutes. I just got all the camera stuff set up. And, like, oh, it feels great. Like. I don't know, October 23rd, like something could happen. I mean, this tree branch <laughs> crashes down next to where I was like, yeah, we should probably get out of the tree. Oh, man. So that was, uh, I, I was like, I mean, it crashed right next to where I was like, yeah, it could have been bad. So. Dude, opening day, I took my wife out because we had like this nice bachelor group of bucks and I really wasn't interested in shooting any of them. Yeah. And, oh, God, you'll, you'll die at this. So, you know, she's never really done like a hanging hunt with me, right? So... I got her in my stand and I'm in the saddle and I already know what tree I want to get in. It's this nice like triple split oak tree and it's freaking sweet. You know, I, I have no problem getting up there and I'm set up, got all the sticks. <laughs> she gets up there and she gets like midway on the second stick and she's looking at me like, I can't do this. I can't. I, oh my I, goodness. I, I can't. I, I, don't, I don't think I can get up there. And I'm like, you're getting up here. Like, you are getting up here. You're right here. Your <laughs> hand is on. Down. Your hand is on the damn stand. And I was like, and I was like, here. And I took her harness and I clipped her in. I was like, now you're you're totally fine. I was like, just get your ass up the tree. Now Dude, I'll she, pull you up. She gets up there and she's like, <laughs> freaking shaking already. I'm like, oh God. I'm like, this is. I was like, you know what? I feel like something good's going to happen tonight. But uh, we didn't see a single deer, unfortunately. So. <laughs> That's how it goes. Don't worry. But, <laughs> man, it was definitely wild. I was just like, well, getting down is probably going to be a little worse than getting up. I'll be honest with you, <laughs> you know. But do you, I was uh, proud of her. What's I, that, It's Rock? definitely oh, – I don't sorry. know. We, we all talked at the same time. Go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I mean, it's it's definitely different. Like, for people that have never, cli like, climbed sticks up a tree versus, like, climbing a ladder, it's – I'm sure that it like we've all done it so many times that it's just like second nature now. Yeah. Um, but I could imagine that. <laughs> Dude, especially it was the when it's, it was the cable aiders for her, Logan. She yeah. got in the cable aiders. She's like, "What the fuck is this, Justin?" Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm like, babe, just like you're fine. You're it's you just got a it. Step. You, it's just step. put your put your foot in the loop and just like come on, one more, just one more step." And uh, oh man, I'll never forget it. That's what. You know, if you ask me, like, that's what, you know, the memories are about, man, like doing, doing stuff like that. And now she said she loved it and she wanted to go do some more of it, but it's really hard for us to get time. Like you don't have kids right now, right? Nope. Yeah. Well, enjoy it because once you have kids, it's hard to get somebody. That's the, that's the, the sucky part about moving, man, away from your family. Like, you know, for me, like I got, we don't really have many people to watch our kids and my wife doesn't really yeah. trust, you know, somebody that we don't know to watch yeah, our kids. So, sure. yeah, but you know, it is what it is. It'd be all right. <laughs> Everything works out. It's okay. I make it out there all the time. You know, she just say, like, Oh, you're leaving me again. Yeah. Yeah. You can't so do the beautiful cool stuff the without beautiful a cool thing, wife. No matter how many kids I have, no matter what happens in life at the end of the day, I'm like, babe, I got to go. Oh yeah, yeah. You, oh, you you're killing me, man. Is, hey, look, we got to pay the bills, you know. Exactly. Does, does it ever like weigh on you, man? Like maybe like 
do you kind of wish you had more time to yourself or are you just really enjoying this? Like, so I enjoy it. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of people who ask me this question. This is probably one of the most frequent questions I get asked. And I, I've kind of learned to answer it the right way at first. It's like, I don't really know how to answer this. So yeah. basically I'm in the tree stand. I get to see some of the coolest stuff ever. So I saw two bucks breed the same doe this year. I saw two buck fights within a hundred yards this year. Like one was like a two, three year olds, but it was a knockdown drag out fight. And then the very next day we have a freaking six, two, six and a half year olds or six and a half is a seven and a half go at it. Two of the most insane days of my life. Those two days I saw over 20 bucks each day, multiple mature deer each day, multiple great young deer, some of the coolest rugging activity I've ever seen. Would I get to see that if I was hunting myself on the farm that I had permission on? Maybe. Yeah. But the the previous 15 years where I hunted, I didn't see any of that. So it's like, yeah. I'm like you still have that like think... that like shock factor. Yeah. I mean, do you get do you it's get not... buck fever a little bit like when you're seeing some of these giants come in, even though you're filming? Dude, I mean, so you guys you guys know what deer Dak is, right? I don't know if you guys yeah. followed that. Yeah. Okay. Dak shook me up, and I get shook up. I get chills every time I look at the footage. Everything you want to talk about the most imposing deer I've ever seen. This thing come in, and I mean, dude, like, just to talk about a frame on a deer, and this is just a typical eight point with like two kickers that hits one seventy one. Like, yeah. come on, one hundred seventy inch eight point. Deer. Come on, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, one. I was ex- I was excited <laughs> about Chubbs. Chubbs was one eighty four. I mean, see a merino die was cool, but I mean, I mean, Dak shook me up now yeah. the other deer the one mike shot the first day of this year that deer was like holy crap like yeah. i mean we we were talking like in the pictures he just did not look i mean he looked great don't get me wrong but he didn't look like he'd be 180 that deer was 181 like yeah i mean you, you see him come down the trail like what deer is that like right. i've never seen him before so it's october 6th and we got a cruiser coming through so um I, yeah that's a that's a that's a great question my I think uh, I'm more accustomed to Iowa, so there's definitely parts of me that my mindset has changed. Yeah. But uh, a good friend of mine actually kind of I I I forget what I did this year. There was something that I did, and he said he said something like, "Are you still the Rye from Maryland? Or are you Iowa Rye?" And I yeah. was like, it made me think because if I part of what I'm trying to not get caught up in is the Island. Like I want to still be me. I still want to be the Maryland ride. It's like, man, like getting to see this is cool because like you, you watch all these deer like on a frequent basis every day. And it's like, man, I'm spoiled. Like I'm getting to sit yeah. on one of the best farms out there. And well, the, the thing that kind of brought me back to earth is I was watching some of the blogs from last year and it was like October, I don't know, early October, we were doing what's called Doe Fest, where we all go out and try and shoot as many does as we can. And we had this four-year-old come behind me, and I'm like, Mike, shoot her right here. You hear it in the video. And none of this is in the video that was produced, but, like, I'm watching the raw clips. Like, yeah. Mike, shoot her right here, right behind us. Mike's like, he looks at it, and he just looks at me. <laughs> it's a four-year-old. Like, right. I mean, good four-year-old. Great. Yeah, and you're like, like... And you're like I actually... can I, can you give me I, your bow real quick? Like, I'll torch that <laughs> son of a I'm bitch. Like, it, so we we shed hunted the river farm and we found like 30 sheds and we didn't we didn't shed on this little triangle and uh i'm like i'm i'm looking at trail cameras at this point because this is why i'm starting to work for mike i'm getting the trail kids all kids trail cam pictures i'm looking i'm like that two sheds are there so abby and i go back one day after we did the big shed hunt and i mean i just went right there and me and chancy went in there mashed him up just laying yeah. there like 40 yards from where we stopped That's walking sick. i was like yeah, yeah let's do it so that's awesome that's pretty man. cool I got really off track with that question, but it's okay. To, 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 well, to get back to the main root of the question, I feel like I'm hunting every day, so I really do. And and you gotta think of it one way: like every deer that Mike shoots, guess who else could have shot that deer if they had a right. bow? This guy. So it's like well, not just that, man. I think it's like for you, you're just putting your time in, dude. Like you know, good things are gonna come your way. You know, you just keep being you and you know you you're helping out the right people and i mean you're only going to grow from this and you know it's you're hunting with one of the best hunters i would consider out there you know it i i would love for you to be able to pick his brain one day oh for sure i i 
would love eventually if we can set it up and have him on here, you know, if he'd be willing you to do would that. love it. Yeah. I'm sure he would. We could talk to yeah. him about it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted what, to ask, so like tagging along with that, I mean, so you only hunted two days really yeah. for yourself. Um, and yeah. you were able to kill like, what, what was that process like to make that happen for you when, I mean, obviously you've got so much on your plate, um, all the rest of the year when you actually have that time for yourself, um, how do you, what do you prioritize and how are you making it happen in that little amount of time? So truthfully, the deer I shot this year, I shot on Mike's farm. So, and Mike, Mike, like there's, there's deer on his farms that are great upper, upper age class deer. Great, great deer. Like, and I can shoot them. And that's part of the, part of the benefit for working on Mike's farms. Like, I mean, it's, it's not just me going out and shooting a deer with Mike. Like I put an effort on those farms. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's my blood, my sweat, my tears are in it. Mike's are in it. Like just because I work for Mike, that's a lot of people get this misconception that Mike isn't out there working with me hard wrong. That man is one of the hardest working people I've met in my entire life. Yeah. And that's, that's where I shot my deer this year. So I didn't really have anywhere to hunt. So, but when I'm, when I have a chance to go hunting, the first thing I think of is like, where can I go with that? Cause like, if I yeah. can see her shoot a deer, like watching her shoot that deer she shot this year, coolest, coolest. Oh, for sure. Man. That was, that was wild. Yeah. So we had a good time. We hunted like three days and it was fun. So that's, yeah. that's really where my, now, now this coming year, I mean, I've got some stuff that, and I mean, maybe we can talk about that later in the year. If you guys ever want to have me back on here. Oh, but, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we can get into some of that. I mean, nothing's finalized, but I mean, there's some things are in works for me as far as like properties and stuff. And I mean, there's days like Mike Hill, Mike's a doctor. So he, uh, he works a lot and there's days where I don't have to film him. So there are days for me to hunt just last year. I didn't really have all the properties in the world. And yeah. Um, do you do a public who... or are you more like, is that, uh, so a dirt, here's, is that a here's, dirty word? No. So look, I started <laughs> I started hunting public land. I have nothing against public land. And I, if it comes to it, like I'll hunt it again and I'll be happy about it and I'll love it. But part of the downside of being a farm manager is finding the extra time to yeah. go and scout public land. Right. So my thing with public land is like, I mean, I can go in there blind. Sure. Yeah. And I might have a good hunt and I might not. Um, it's not my strong suit to go in and hunt public land blind. I'm a very... I'm a very analytical, thought-out person, so like I, I really like to strategize before I do things. Now, like sometimes it doesn't work out like that, but it drives me nuts going into places half-cocked. Okay. It's just, and that's part of the maturation of myself as a hunter. So I started out on public land, and then I graduated to like getting some private spots, and then I just in Maryland fell into this beautiful 600-acre track of four farms that all connected each other. So like me, I'm like. It's just how I developed, and that's awesome, man. Maybe, maybe I'll go back to it. I don't know. Um, it's, we'll I mean, honestly, like for my approach on it, because I, I had the same kind of mindset for you. I think it's in Maryland, like our pre, our public that we had, you know, growing up was just bombarded by a lot of you know people from False. Pennsylvania. False. No. False. Okay. I'm calling shenanigans. That we both grew up in the same place. Yeah. We, okay. Really, Liberty Reservoir. I, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly where I hunted, and I can tell you I had some great hunts there. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying that. I'm saying like I noticed it from when I started to like a couple year elevation. Like when they introduced crossbows, it was crazy. Like there, all all the spots that I had were getting flooded with people, and I had some what? excellent hunts when I first started, and that that's really like. My first like bow hunting experiences were on public, right there off Nicodemus, and um, I had mm-hmm. some great hunts. But if I uh, if I if if you ever want to go back to Maryland, I have a pin. Okay. I have a pin. <laughs> I have I have one buddy who hunts there right now. Like. Okay. I, I promise. I promise it does not get bombarded. Yeah, that's sweet. That's sweet. Man. It's a it's a really good turkey hunting spot too. Yeah, I almost shot my first tom back there. I still, I'm 29 years old, never shot a <laughs> I killed, I actually, I'm going to toot my horn here. I killed the state record archery turkey on public in Liberty Reservoir. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Even funnier, it was my first bird I ever killed. Like, I mean, I, I hunted my ass off back in there bow hunting, man, and I finally got it done. And 
my first turkey ever. He's got like inch and a half spurs. He was a giant. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. This isn't. <sighs> We'll, we'll get into turkey stuff in a couple, you know, and maybe in a month or so, but. Yeah. I don't like turkeys. Yeah. Well, man. They don't like me either. Dude, it, it's been a blast talking to you. Honestly, I, I've enjoyed the crap out of this. I want to, I want to close it out. I want to ask a question. I, I figured Logan's got a question for you, but really um, one thing for our listeners, man, like what's like one thing uh, you would kind of say to like maybe a younger guy that's like maybe in his twenties, not happy with what he's doing with work. Like what would your advice be to somebody like that? That's kind of like looking to do something that, you know, like just a, just a change in life to like maybe just chase his dreams. Like what would you tell that guy? That is a very loaded question. Yeah, it really is. That, now that, that really depends it. on the, it's okay. It's a yeah. good question. And it's a great question. Um, I, I think chasing your dreams. And again, I still stand by what I said, everything that happened for me, it just kind of fell in my lap and snowballed from there. Yeah. Like I, I, when it came time to make the decision, yeah. But like, as far as pursuing that dream and making it happen, I really didn't do much. I just got in a good situation and was lucky enough to meet some really great people. But anybody who wants to chase their dreams, I mean, it come. It's not just chasing dreams. It comes with hard work. Like yes. there is hard work and effort that goes into every day, not only through my intern year, but like right now, like this. There's it takes a certain type of person to do this stuff. So it's uh do your research and know what you want to do. And if you truly still believe you have it and put all you have in every aspect of your life towards it. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it takes uh stepping out of your comfort zone. I mean, yep. like you were That's talking big. about you, you were fine in the job that you had. You like, you didn't need anything else, but you wanted something more and you took that step and that's what that's all it takes um you you say that you didn't really have to do much but i'm sure (laughs) behind the scenes you were you put the work in whether it was just i mean pursuing getting the intern or getting the uh i guess affiliation um you know that you started with and then the internship and all this different stuff um you know i can definitely tell that you put the effort in it wasn't it didn't just fall in your lap Exactly. That, that was one of the questions you guys didn't ask is what work went into this, but <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. No, yeah. no, we're not talking. About okay. That. It's All right. Not to be directly asked because we'll be here for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's no, I like that answer. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad I was, I was a little nervous about that answer. Did you have anything, Logan? Did you have any questions? Uh, no, I'm good with that. I no, like that. You gotta yeah. have a rapid fire. Nope. Rapid fire. Yeah, rapid. Dude, that sounds fun. Ten word answers. All right. What uh, do you do? Anything with the video, or do you send it to somebody else to to edit up your your blogs and stuff? No, I I edit. So every blog is so basically I hunt that day, edit that night, and hunt the next day. So. That's it's awesome. a it's it's a it's a grind. So everything as far as uh Mike Reed, except for like his kills during the year, is done by me. Even like the off season content throughout the summer is all done by me. And like if I could, if I had time to do the kills, I'd probably do them too. But we're hunting, and it's like our main production. I mean, we put a lot of time and effort into that to make sure it's high yeah. quality products. So yeah, not that our blogs aren't quality; they're pretty darn good. But heck not yeah, man, up there. Yeah, you, so you guys are, are doing next level footage, man. I really like the you know the cinematics that you guys put into you know to your hunts, and I really you know we we've talked about this before, just like you know online. It's like, man, it's amazing how much you can take from like watching good videos and then trying to you know as a filmer and trying to apply like the same kind of stuff, and it's like you don't realize how much goes into it until you actually are filming your hunts and you get to see like, wow, like, man, if you're, if you're a lazy person, like it's self-filming and quality video are not going to happen. You know, like there is so much hard work that goes into it, not just on the filming side, the editing too, but, um, you guys do such an awesome job, man. I just wanted to pat you on the back because I know, uh, 
a lot of your efforts, you know, are well known and, and, you know, you do kill it, dude. It's, it's pretty awesome to, uh, to say, Hey man, we grew up in the same town, something about them, uh, them Carroll County boys, you know, if you know, you know, so, you know, it's pretty awesome. My, uh, I guess my last question will be moving from Maryland out to Iowa and surrounding yourself with, um, very high level people. What, uh, What's something that you've taken away and applied to your game that you would say like has made a huge difference in your life? Uh, in regards to hunting or personal life? Uh, hunting. Let's go or with both. That. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I was okay. I would say as far as hunting, the number one thing I have learned <sighs> I think I think that time in the stand and I think this isn't this isn't anything that's not known knowledge but time in the stand can trump everything. Like if you I in Maryland I hunted a lot. So from October 25th to probably November 20th, I was off work, I hunted every day. Mike Reed take that to a whole new level and it's it's pretty impressive the <clears throat> that's what I was telling you guys earlier just the tenacity and the perseverance he has towards like targeting a specific deer and going after him is pretty addicting and so when I see that I want to apply that to how I already I hunt hard but I want to apply that to what I do and take it to the next level but with that the biggest key to that is hunting smart while you hunt hard so we could have we have four straight days where we could hunt a deer, and then we have one day where we have no wind to hunt anywhere on that farm. Are we going to not hunt? No, we're going to go sit the opposite end of the farm, set a blind, and just sit there. We're just going to enjoy the time. We may not see him. We're most likely not going to see him. There's always a chance. He's been there at one yeah. time or another. It's just put yourself out there and put yourself in a situ- situation to succeed. Just because you don't have a deer on camera doesn't mean a deer won't walk through. Like deer don't always walk by cameras, man. No, it's absolutely. What it is the buck. I Even if you're year. running a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had we run a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you say, Rod? Like, what, how many camps do you guys run on, like one farm, maybe? So, I mean, the river farm. I mean, roughly 600 acres, and on that farm, I would say I don't know, 35. Okay. 30, 35. It's not an extreme amount. Yeah. Um. A lot of the cameras are just like cameras that you put ah, shit, like soaker cameras, cameras. cameras. Yeah, trespasser cameras and yeah, stuff like that. So, right. Right. You um, guys run a lot of, a lot of scrapes. I mean, or transition areas. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when I, I put up cameras in uh, mid July on the farm this year. And I mean, mm-hmm. put a lot of them on like scrapes off the bat. So uh, that's, I mean, that's not any not known knowledge. Yeah. It's yeah. Just of knowing, course. You, you got to, I think I think there is something to be said about knowing where your deer are going to be that time of year and like what scrapes are going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people go out and make a mock scrape in July and wonder why they're not getting deer. Well, the deer just aren't there. If you put them yeah. more towards like a field edge or coming out of bedding, you're going to have a higher result. So yeah, man. One final question: When you were getting into that last thing, I know. We, yeah, I've, I've only said that like three or four times now, but it's okay. Um, uh, like I say, we can talk till tomorrow <laughs> morning. I don't care. Right, dude. What what is it like when you guys are like not finding the success that you really want? Like okay, like for me, like this year, me and Logan, I feel like we both like had that like that feeling. Like man, like we're trying so hard, we're we're doing different things, things just aren't going our way. Like what is kind of like from you know the guys that you you're dealing with? Like what's their mindset when like the things just aren't going? Are they just like hey, we're gonna keep sitting? Or I mean. And to add to that, I mean, is there a degree of burnout? I mean, like to add to that too, I mean, you guys are under a lot more pressure than we are. Like we have our podcast and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but man, like you guys are making a show and a pretty, you know, high level at a high level. And so you need people expect, you know, know, you guys to be killing. And if it, if it's not going that way, like how do you, you know, so that's that's the beautiful thing about Midwest Whitetail, man. So I mean, you say there's pressure like to put on there, right? I don't I don't see it that way. And you talk about the <clears throat> how do we adjust when we're going through rough periods in time. I think the beautiful thing about Midwest Whitetail is it's all story. 
Like okay. everything we do is towards the story. Like it doesn't matter if we're killing the deer. It doesn't matter if we're we're seeing him. Maybe we're making adjustments. It all compiles into the overall story, which is what every show is about. So every show you see has something to do with a story, something to do with a tactic or education of what we're doing, what we're what's working, what's not working. All those things. I mean, we can sit here and talk about like the secret to success. I mean, there is none. It's all about like adjustments. It's all about learning. It's all about the different hunt. Like that's the beautiful thing, and part of the reason I love Midwest Whitetail in the first place. Like you're you're addicted to a story. It's not just like yeah. we're going out and doing a hunt. It's a it's a story. Like these stories range from. I mean, Kelsey, that's four years of history with that deer. Four years of footage of that deer. Like that's that's pretty darn cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn cool. No, I but totally agree with that. I will say towards uh, Justin's end of the question, like I have not been in a situation yet where I've been frustrated. So every situation where we've uh, kind of run into some roadblocks with a deer, it's not like we're not seeing him. It's not like we're get, not getting him on trail camera. It's just trying to pin down those little nuances, specifically with Chubb. This deer was like one of the most daylight active deer on camera you can imagine. We saw him daylight three times, and we're hunting like – 150 acre area where he is kind of like coring and it's just i mean one day he was here one day he was there one day he was down here and it's one of the things like we knew we were in the game but we just weren't seeing him Mm -hmm. this year with kelsey i mean like we were seeing him he was daylight active it was just a hard spot to hunt you just had to (laughs) mike actually just texted me a funny little text not gonna read it (laughs) 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 oh to be a fly on the wall (laughs) Um, caught me off guard but it's uh i haven't been put in that situation yet where i'm just like man this is hard i mean it was hard for chubbs there was we hunted six days straight the one time and it was day five in the afternoon we had the morning we had uh this deer big mac i don't know if you guys know him he's gonna be an eight-year-old this year and for some reason this deer just can't die so uh, <laughs> i mean nobody's even shot at him that's part of the problem he shed pretty oh, early this year i think he shed like december 28th but uh he uh we, we had an encounter with him for like three hours the one morning and we were like man he's locked down with his doe chubb is probably gonna be back in that bowl whatever we go and sit in the stand called the skybox i mean we've got like screwing steps 40 foot up in this giant oak tree orange ratchet strap holding the cameraman stand on like i mean we're talking like we wanted to be there so we got there and that's another thing man mike it it took him like freaking i don't know 10 minutes to run screw-ins up this giant oak tree 40 foot in there i was like what is this guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was like i took this sweet picture of it i'll never forget it but um i mean we sat there we got in the stand no we went and got lunch first we went just like just fat not fast food but just a fried food like just boy i got like mozzarella sticks and a burger went in the stand at like 12 30 <laughs> in the afternoon sat there till dark Uh-oh. did not see a deer that night i think we saw one doe silhouetted on the hill at like dark yeah and i'm i mean i'm in the stand i'm like just nodding off trying to keep her alive and yeah that was probably my worst day hunting and that was day five of a six-day stretch. I was going to ask, like, it, it finally hit you, that, like, burnout, kind of like, you're like, man, we, we just need a day. <laughs> I would not describe that as burnout. I would yeah. describe that as exhaustion. Okay. It, I, I've never, I think this year was the closest I got to being, like, mentally burned out. Now, like, granted, I'm, I'm not sure how, like, much you guys follow along. We went through some changes as a company this year. And uh, it was just, like, for basically two primary people – doing the bulk of the work this year plus we had three interns with us i mean it was it was a lot and every single person busted their ass this year and came out really good on the other side so that there was there was a point in probably uh i don't know i would say late december ride just like i hit a wall yeah and i think to end the season i hunted 22 straight days like in late season and that was like that was new (laughs) that was uh that was new yeah i haven't done that in january yet but it's a little colder there too isn't it man i'm telling you we had a part in december man we had like three straight days it was negative 30 with the wind chill (gasps) i was like what Uh, yeah no thanks dude dude. it was 
you know, cat shot and, and you're, your handgun. Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah, and you're the cameraman, so you got to get your I ass mean, out there, right? You're like, <laughs> I mean, we're in a redneck. I mean, we were, we were in a oh, redneck. Okay. We bring a yeah. heater when it's that cold. Right. But she shot the deer that night, and that's when I'm like, hmm, I don't know if you guys know what happened to your fingers in negative 30-degree yeah. weather. And I don't know if you guys know how easy it is to run a camera with gloves on. Right. It's not easy, so generally the gloves come off, and then you're like, oh, I can't feel my hand. Oh, yeah, man. You know. Job hazards, frostbite. I mean, <laughs> I hope they pay out. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I would just like, I, I love it, man. Yeah. I really do. It's a dream come true. I get to experience things I never thought I'd experience in life. I've learned skills that could take me places outside the hunting industry. I mean, there's not many, and and the, there's good cameramen, there's good producers, there's not that many great that can do both. And I, I don't, I'm not sitting here telling you I'm great, but I'm adequate and feel like I do a really good job at both. And it's one of the best life skills I've ever picked up. It's I guess. Awesome, is it a life skill? I don't know. It is now. We're in it is. It is when you're in the hunting industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. For sure. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. So if uh, if anybody wants to get into it, and um, I have people who vouch for this. I mean, I talk to a lot of people on how they can better themselves. As far as cameraman be, trying to learn production, I, I have tons of people Facebook message me. I talk to them all and try and provide the most accurate feedback I can. That's one of the one of the things I had people do for me was uh, provide information and help along the way, and that's something I'll never take away from other people. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, I think that's a great spot to to end. Honestly, um, did, did you have something, Logan? Yeah, I was just gonna say I know uh, you guys are looking for interns right now and taking applications and stuff right yes yeah. so anybody that's interested yeah so um yep we uh on our instagram and facebook right now there's an instagram post uh basically we have an offer of spring and fall internship uh the goal for the spring applicants is that they will be there from the spring until the fall and through the fall through hunting season um they get a little bit of heads up experience we look for like two or three of those every year and then uh, I think it will take like three or four towards uh, the fall internship. So a total like six or seven, depending on how many we do and we need for various aspects. It's uh, You'll learn photography, production, videography, and a ton of other skills. Meet a cool people and Man. truthfully have a blast. I'll tell you what, if I, if I didn't have kids and a wife, I would just be like, <laughs> sign me up, you know. I got a I basement. Hope, I hope we <laughs> – <laughs> oh, dude. I hope we have like uh, a young, you know, one of the, one of the younger listeners out here that, you know, maybe, uh, hopefully you're listening right now, dude, this could be a golden opportunity for one of you guys. Um, you know, it's, uh, where can we actually follow you at, right? I mean, it's Instagram. So me specifically, uh, Instagram at Rye Ludwig, uh, there's uh, at Midwest Whitetail official is where you'll find Midwest Whitetail. On the YouTube platform, uh, Midwest Whitetail Official is where you'll find our main show, Chasing November series. Uh, we also have the Midwest Whitetail Regional series where you'll find the regional hunts, and then the Midwest Whitetail Daily series where we produce our daily content throughout the hunting season where you can follow along day to day. So, the regional, I mean, gives you, it's kind of like a rut report. Depending on where you are, you can kind of get a read on the previous week based off of those guys. And then the daily channel, I mean, you can follow along exactly completely it's almost live it's we call it semi-live yeah. but i mean you're getting these hunts 12 hours after they happen and seeing a really up-to-date version of where we're at in the stages of the rut and throughout the season well man i can't thank you enough for joining us we uh we are most definitely going to have you back on and i i had a blast and i feel like we could just keep talking yeah. for another hour or two but uh yeah next time i come on i'll talk a little more about deer hunting and not just being a producer <laughs> Sure, no, that's was, what people want to hear about. <laughs> it was great, man. You know, honestly, I, I think it's good. It's good timing for you guys, you know, doing the internship and stuff. And next next time we'll get into some more tactics and stuff. But thank you so much for joining us, Rye. We really appreciate you, dude. Cool. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen. You. It was a pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. I really appreciate you all. Want to give a huge thanks to our sponsor, Lone Wolf Custom Gear, for all their support. Uh, check out their website at lonewolfcustomgear.com. Got a lot of new products coming out and uh, a lot of stuff that you guys uh, want to be in the loop for. So get on their mailing list and uh, you can receive all the updates as soon as possible. Want to give a, a big thanks to Rye for this one. I uh, really enjoyed this episode and uh, wanted to close it out with a quote from Earl Nightingale that uh, I think really applies to this one. Earl says, 
Never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. Couldn't agree more. Honestly, uh, this one really kind of hit me because of us, you know, both of us moving from our home to a, a new state, you know, not really knowing anybody. And, uh, you know, if you guys are listening and, you know, you want to take your passion to the next level, like I just, I can't, uh, give you any better advice than to do it. I have no regrets and, um, I'm sure Rye doesn't either. And just goes to show, man, sometimes the normal grind, uh, you know, maybe there's something more for you out there and, uh, just believe in yourself and really appreciate you guys listening and, uh, looking forward to catching up with you all next week. And thanks again.